Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show on the air. Final hour of the program. Going to talk a lot of Packers, a lot of Vikings, a lot of inside stuff coming up here in about 15, 20 minutes. Mike uh, Clement's going to be joining us as well. And uh, Mike, as he does every Monday and Friday, rounds things out in the last hour for us. So we certainly appreciate that. Um, phone lines are open. I'll, I'll open up the phone lines here for the next uh, 10, 15 minutes. So if you want to chime in, do so. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. For those watching on the Bud Light live stream, uh, Twitch is good. Facebook is good. Uh, Twitter is good. And for whatever reason, YouTube did not fire. Uh, whatever the technical aspect of this is, we did get a ticket back. Uh, so we can still see you over on YouTube. You're just not part of the live chat stream. So we apologize for that, but that's something that's out of our control. That's more of a YouTube thing. So they say it should be fixed the next time we air the program, which will be, say it with me, Green Gold Post Game Show. Coming up right after the game on Sunday, we'll be live in Green Bay. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hopefully you're enjoying your day. I know we're getting... Uh, uh, we're getting uh, right back at it, um, and we'll be talking, uh, like I said, uh, more you know Vikings and Packers and such. Uh, but I, I did want to bring up, and this was one of the things that uh, we, we were kind of mentioning, I did want to bring up the fact that, um, as I talked about it earlier, and, and a couple of you, Thomas and Mark, and then there was Scott, uh, Sean earlier as well, said, uh, hey, look, um, a couple of things. A couple of things. Uh, how do you beat a team that has that many weapons? Talking about the Minnesota Vikings. And, and, and I stand steadfast in this. I think there's, there's two keys to this game, to me. It's, it's, it's very simple. Um, one is, offensively speaking, if you get big plays and you get scores, that's great. But to me, it's about sustaining drives, wearing on that Vikings defense, and when you get to the red zone, it's it's got to be touchdowns. It can't be field goals, okay? Um, every now and then, that's fine. But you, you can't go three times into the red zone only to walk away three times with three field goals. You're not going to win the game that way. They just have too much firepower. And the second way defensively is you got to get after Kirk Cousins. You can talk about coverages and who's going to do what and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you're going to stuff the run and shut down Dalvin Cook and you know, well, then Hawkinson isn't going to beat you, and Thielen isn't going to beat you, and Jefferson isn't going to what, whatever. But you have got to force Kirk Cousins into mistakes, into bad passes. He's Because he's capable of having really bad games. You have to do that. You have to be that, be that defense. So get after Kirk Cousins and sustain drives offensively. That's it. If you do that, you'll win the game. If you don't, if you allow him to sit in the pocket, set up downfield, He's going to kill you because of the weapons they have. And if you go three and out, you keep putting that defense on the field. Joe Barry doesn't play aggressive. They play that soft-ass zone that he likes to play because we're so afraid of getting beat. You know what that is? That's called a coward defense. you got to be aggressive at some point. Now, the, 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 uh, this one comes to us from uh, Jason who says, well, it doesn't matter because the Packers are playing with house money. No, they're not. You're not playing with house money until you get to the postseason. Right now, you're just trying to fight to get there because you dug the hole. There's no house money here. You haven't done anything. People have counted you out. You're playing meaningful football, but you're not playing with house money. You're crazy if you think that. And you're not playing playoff football. Yes, you're playing do-or-die-must-win football, but it's not do-or-die because you're going to play again next week. 
Next week would be do-or-die football. Yes, you're in football to the point where every game matters. It's a playoff style of atmosphere, but everybody knows. Any player will tell you that's ever been there that when you get to the post, the actual postseason, then it ramps up. Then you have house money. Then you let it all hang out because you're not supposed to be there. But as of right now, it's like, come on. No. There's no house money. There's no let it all hang out. You know, no, you got to get there. That's your mission. Everything you've needed to happen except for one more piece, one more chip to fall has happened. All you need is the Washington Commanders to lose this weekend or next weekend, and you win the next two, and you're in. It's that simple. That's all you're looking for. Uh, Brett says, do you guys have a show coming up on Monday? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We're both going to be here. No, once, you know, no holidays. You know, we took a holiday last week, but we kind of had to. We didn't have anybody to run the program. Out of necessity, we did. But uh, but we'll be back uh, on Monday for sure. Ben, you're, you're here on Monday, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we're going to be here on Monday. You better, you better, you bet. Damn straight. Uh, eight, seven, as seven, long eight, as I'm six, not seven. brought into HR. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> but HR is on vacation, so. Could be right. They're, they're not even, I would assume that there's not even a lot of uh, people in the building today, right? No, I've been waiting to tell people, see you next year, but there's no one here. Yeah, there's nobody there to even say that to. Um, Jeffrey says, you are so correct. That's, that's it. Um, not CFA says, uh, no, you got to guard Justin Jefferson. He is their key guy. Well, yeah, but you can guard, you can guard Justin Jefferson for about three and a half seconds. After that, he's going to find the opening. So if you don't get after Kirk Cousins and he's allowed to stand in the pocket for three and a half, four seconds, five seconds, it doesn't matter. Cause after that, you're going to lose Justin Jefferson. He runs crazy routes. He is that good. You'll find him, and if you're not finding him, you'll find Hawkinson. You'll find Thielen. You'll find Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. You'll find somebody. This game is going to be won in the trenches and going to be won up front. It's that simple. Hands, I, 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 I can't fathom another way unless there's just, you know, 50-50 balls that fall in the hands of the Green Bay Packers or they tip it or whatever. But I, I still believe it's going to be mistakes by Kirk Cousins. I, I, that, that I just, you, you have to, you have to force them into mistakes. You just have to. And then when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, uh, <laughs> Rat Bastard says Rodgers has to play actually like a quarterback who play, belongs in the NFL, who belongs playing in the NFL. Um, right, because he didn't have a good game down in Miami. He had three or four throws that were Aaron Rodgers-esque. Let's be honest. I mean, that that drop he had to, uh, he put it right in the bucket to Big Dog. The one to Lazard in the back of the end zone. I mean, he had some incredible throws that Aaron Rodgers makes. He runs out, crosses body, and just flicks, flick, flick, right there. And, and off it goes. It, like, just catapults out of his hand. And it's got this perfect arc and this spiral. It's tight. And it just drops right into the hand of the receiver in stride. Rodgers is so good at that. In so many different ways. But then there's the the passes to, you know, Jones coming out of the backfield that are low and in the ground behind him. You know, the one pass to Christian Watson on the comeback. 
early on in the ball game, and it's at his feet. It's like, where's that? What? That's not Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers has to play Aaron Rodgers football. He has to be what we know for them to win this game. A lot has to go right. A lot has to go right. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, by the way, uh, William says, uh, tell Ben, considering what is said a couple of doors down on the FM side, you're absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. And he said, is a is a trade if love to Las Vegas for Devontae and picks a, picks a pipe dream? Most likely. Most likely. I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility because I would say there's always something that's a possibility. I would never say never, but I would think that is way down the pipe, to be honest with you. Only for the fact, you got to remember, for what Devontae Adams, because I don't know what the exact number is. I'd have to take a look at it real quick. But Devontae Adams, for the amount of money he's making, and whenever you trade somebody, the guaranteed money then becomes due. So when you look at the money that uh, that he's making, I can't remember what uh, what his overall pay is because um, he's up there. Five year, one hundred and forty million, sixty five million guaranteed. So if they were to trade him going into next season, they would owe him $31 million. Las Vegas would. Now, if you got rid of Derek Carr, because uh, Derek Carr was a uh, dead cap hit of 24 and cap hit of 19 this year. So if they got rid of Derek Carr, it's only a $5 million hit, 5.65 of dead cap money as opposed to paying him 34.8 next year. So basically, yeah, they could do that. They could trade Devontae away, pay that cap hit, which is basically what they would be paying their quarterback, not pay Devontae the salary and bring in a young quarterback. Yeah, they could do that. That's not out of the realm of possibility. Now, remember, they pay the cap hit for Devontae, but Devontae would then come in because whatever that cap hit would be, you have to pay. That's the guaranteed money. You have to pay that. So Devontae, though, next year would be $14.7 million. That's doable. You could do that. You could bring him back. Sure you could. Now, again, I don't think Devontae wants to come back, but he got paid. He got his, right? And you can't get rid because they're talking about uh, when can you get rid of Devontae? Not for at least two more years. And even then, he would still be a $15 million cap hit. So uh, is it out of the realm of possibility? In other words, monetarily, no. Whether or not it would actually happen, you have to wait and see. Um, this one is from, uh, from Rodney, who says, uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers and some of the bad throws, he says, uh, Aaron's bad throws caused by poor mechanics tends not to set his feet and step into the throw, gets sloppy at times. You know what, Rodney? I agree with you, and I've talked about it time and again. The problem is Aaron Rodgers has been doing it his entire career. He is not the typical step back, sit there with the ball, you know, tap, 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 feet are always square. This guy throws off the back foot as he's dropping back and then tosses it, flicks it with the wrist. He flicks it sideways across his body. I mean, he's just gotten away with it or he's become astute with it for so long so he's just been really good at not being mechanically perfect for a long time for a long time 
so but you're right, 100% correct. But it it's yeah, you're right. Uh 877-867-1670 you want to find us please feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. We would love to hear from you. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends down there at San Giorgio and Calderon Club. I told you I was down there earlier this week and uh, love the places, both of them. And if you're going to go out for New Year's Eve and you want to do someplace, maybe you go get a cocktail. You just ring in the New Year, but you're going to go someplace either ahead of time or afterwards and get a good meal, good, great Italian food, a great night out. That's uh, our buddies down there at San Giorgio and Calderon. And also they pair it up uh, with uh, Cider Boys. Point Brewing there. That's uh, they tell me to tell you that all the time. With, uh, Joe Martino. And by the way, Joe Martino. I know uh, Joe, who is the owner of Point, uh, has been a little under the weather. Man, get well, buddy. Get well. I know Joe's been a little bit ill, so hopefully uh, they figure out what's going on with him and he's back at it real soon. But uh, thanks to Gino and the gang and Joe and everybody for uh, you know being a part of the program. We certainly appreciate it. Going to step away. Mike Clemens going to join us coming up next in the building. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Buddy Mike Clemens brought to you by our friends over there at the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Bay Motel, quiet, cozy, comfortable. They love it. Love it there. And I love seeing their stuff over on Facebook as well. And they're only a mile from Lambeau Field and uh, perfect for a family stay. And they have the Bay Family Restaurant doing a nice little uh, meal today, tomorrow. Um, and then obviously open up on Sunday as people uh, come you know, clamoring into Green Bay for the game. Uh, the Bay Motel on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations, which is 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. We go northward. Mike Clemens uh, up in Green Bay. Michael, how you been, buddy? Pretty good. You know what else I got? Do you like eggs, Benedict? Yes. Yeah, very much. Uh, they, the best eggs Benedict, and then the hash browns smothered with the grilled onions. Outstanding. Oh, yeah. Outstanding. Okay. Yeah. Made my pants. I'm move. good. That's that's where I'm at. So let's talk about uh, uh, the health of the Green Bay Packers. Matt Lafleur says that David Bakhtiari he expects will play against the Vikings. Now you know this kind of gets back to like a year ago when it was a knee injury we were talking about, and you know should he have really been out there in that playoff game after missing so much time? It's been a month since he had the appendectomy, uh, but, um, you know, they want to give that a go. It looked like Yash Nyman's shoulder injury was actually just more like a stinger, but he has been able to practice. But they feel very good about what Zach Tom has done, so they feel good about the depth at the tackle position. Now, let me tell you something I saw. We talked to LaFleur first. Then they let us take a little peek at uh, today's practice, and then they kick us out just before they actually go to the field and they start running through, reviewing the you know the final review of the plays that they're going to have on the menu for Sunday's game. And everybody broke a huddle, and Christian Watson went out, looked like he was going to practice. Kashawn Nixon stayed in. He'd had an elastic you know, therapy belt around his knees as he deals with mm -hmm. a groin injury. Right. But way down in the corner is Alan Lazard, not going outside. He was like on a, on a rowing machine. Like maybe hmm. he needed some extra reps for, you know. So that's all I know. 
Uh, we'll have to wait till the injury report comes out if there's something new there. They're going to open up the locker room here in about 20 minutes. In the meantime, here's what LaFleur said uh, about an hour ago in terms of injuries headed into this important game against the Vikings. Will Christian go to that? We will see. So a little miscommunication yesterday. Uh, no, I, when stuff like that happens, I always tell Wallers and my men, they're going to think I'm a dope, but uh, you guys priority do anyway. So, um, but yeah, no, we're going to work him out with the medical, and if he can go, then we'll, we'll move him into practice. And that, the same goes for Keyshawn as well. What is the process for determining whether a guy who hasn't practiced but you decide is physically able to go on game day just what's realistic to do with him when he's still a young guy, no matter how smart he is. Well, you said it, though. He, he is very intelligent and um, has gotten a ton of reps, I would say, throughout the course of the season. So, um, you know, we're just going to kind of feel it out. If he, can, if he feels like he can go at game time and the trainers clear him, then we'll let him go. But if, if not, then obviously we'll have to – other guys are going to have to pick up the pieces. Keyshawn Nixon was dealing with his groin last week, limited in practice on Friday, 94-yard return. And then was a decision made when it was bothering him to, to, on the safe side from going back out there? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, I mean, again, a lot of people are involved in that conversation, but if, if a player doesn't feel like he can hit his top speed, and certainly you don't want to further aggravate it or make it make the situation worse and then he's out for a longer period of time and we all understand where we're at in the season and what's on the line so i would say that if he can go then he'll be out there mike uh you know i know that you know they it's gonna be cooler weather it's not gonna be frigid so you're not gonna have that overwhelming concern as far as you know muscles and such being pulled and groins pulled and all that kind of stuff so it's not going to be an overwhelming concern, but I would assume if a guy's 80, 90% at this point, you probably want him out there for this kind of a game where you're in do or die pretty much from here in the remainder of the season. Yeah, but I think like LaSort told me there, the question is, can the guy, can he run at full speed? I mean, if he can't run at full speed, he's not going to do you any good. It's not going to be any danger, even though it's kind of a sudden death part of the season. You know, the Packers in a in a playoff mode. I guess they'll just feel stronger about putting – Romeo Dobbs back there, who, by the way, has been coached. Yeah, you're not to. That's for Keyshawn Nixon. If you want to take a ball out, you know, five yards deep in the end zone, you will be taking a knee. We'll take the ball right on the right. 25 yard line. As I've been saying for about the last three, four weeks, the season really is all about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there's five or six other issues we can talk about where they had that five game losing streak, but really, it's about Rodgers playing up to his level. And there's two questions now when you're facing your rival, the Vikings, who kicked your butt 23-7 to week one up there at U.S. Bank Stadium, is uh, to talk about uh, this Vikings team as a fourth-quarter team. Uh, and Zadarius Smith, you know, why is he playing for Minnesota and not Green Bay? And here's the conversation I had with Rodgers. About six and a half weeks ago, you correctly predicted, well, this team was probably going to be underdogs for a while. This week, you're favored. What's your biggest concern facing this Vikings team that you know, seems to have a talent playing it right down the last play of the game? Yeah, they've had an amazing uh, record, 11-0 and against uh, in one-score games. Uh, that's the league, you know. When you win those games, you're going to be playoff bound. Struggle or break even, you're going to be, you know, struggling or find yourself at home in, in uh, January. So 
They've done a great job of that, winning games the last second. I think they've won like six in the last uh, play of the game, something like that. Uh, so obviously he had to uh, you know, play really well in crunch time. On defense, Rashawn was having such a great season. Preston's being productive. But how much has this team missed Zadarius Smith this year? Mm, I mean, he didn't play a whole lot for us in the previous year. He played real well in the playoff game against San Fran. But um, Z basically played the first game about, I don't know how many snaps. It wasn't the whole game. And then uh, you know, didn't play till the playoffs. So uh, we didn't get a real healthy Z for most of the season. Does, you know, and it's not a shot as it areas. Most people take it as Aaron Rodgers is backhanding him. It's, he's not. He's, that's the truth. He played a few snaps early on and came back and worked himself back into it. Played in the postseason, played well, but just wasn't enough because the offense didn't do anything and the special team sucked. So this game in particular comes down to Mike, and I said this earlier today, Rodgers has got to play like Rodgers. That, that performance, even though he had three or four or five throws in that game against Miami that were just Aaron Rodgers-esque, He's got to be like that the entire game in this game, and they cannot settle for field goals. They got to move the chains. They got to hang on to the football. They got to wear on that defense. Rodgers has to be Rodgers in this game. He's played with his fractured thumb since week five. Then there was a rib injury. Last weekend, he got his knee banged up uh, against the Dolphins. And so, you know, he's played with a a number of injuries and, and lost some practice time because of it. And still, his quarterback rating is down to like 92% for completion percentage, which is the lowest I think it's been since he was a starter. The ironic thing is that, you know, it's the same as what Kirk Cousins has got, and the Vikings have got what, 12 wins. <laughs> so that's, a, that's how great Rodgers has been throughout most of his career. And Jason Wilde asked Rodgers a great question. Do you think at this point, if you're a little bit healthier, can you get on a hot streak like you did in 2010, the Super Bowl season? I mean, I've, I've, I've been playing, uh, I feel like, a little bit better. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, I just got to be sharp on my decision-making. And, you know, I, I need to play really clean games. Been close, really close. Um, uh, you know, at some point, it's all going to fall the right way. There's some things out of your control, tip passes, uh uh, route depths, different things, no calls, um, you know. But one of these days, it'll all come together. So when he talks about better decisions, is he mean, you know, like a wide, a wide open, you know, uh, Robert Tanyan or Alan Lazard across the middle versus throwing it into coverage downfield? Or what does he mean? That, that's what I thought. Like, why doesn't this guy take the checkdowns? Or how come, you know, this this experienced quarterback that we can see – some guy wide open in the middle of the field, and he's trying to thread it, you know, deep for 45 yards with uh, some guy with two guys in coverage. So I asked Adam Stenovich, the offensive coordinator, what does Rodgers mean by he admits he's got to make some better decisions in games? Yeah, uh, he is an extremely competitive guy. And the, the hard thing for you as a coach is to, because you've seen him make so many incredible plays and you've seen him do some incredible things, but then you've also seen him, you know, take some pretty bad shots where you're like, hey, man, like, let's not do that. Just ditch the ball away. Let's play the next play. But then you may not be getting the magical moment that you could that you could have uh, if you don't do that. So that's a that's a fine line. You got to talk with him and he's got to realize um, just with decision making, being smart um, and not, you know, putting himself in those positions to take those big hits. The. uh <laughs> 
the bad decisions, I guess. I, I get not taking big hits, and I get all all of that. But to me, I still look at some of these things where they can. And this is one of the keys of the game that I have this coming weekend, Mike. Is take the checkdowns, move the sticks. You, it'll still give you more opportunities to hit the big plays downfield. You just have to keep that defense on the field. You got to score seven when you get into the red zone, and, and you off the gas because this team is, has a propensity to come back and eat you up. So it, it, Rodgers has to be Rodgers and make good decisions. And what about coaching? I mean, he, he's the MVP uh, for two years, and he's got Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator. He's got Luke Getze, you know, who's going to be a head coach someday down there running the Bears with Justin Fields. But I'll give credit to this because when I asked this to Tom Clements last night, the 68-year-old quarterback coach who's back in Green Bay, he said something that I don't think I ever would hear from Nathaniel or Luke, when I asked him, what does Rogers mean by bad decisions? Well, he's generally a good decision maker. He's probably referring, at least in this last game, early on he missed a potential to throw to um, Lazard on the right, just running a slant. He threw a bubble out to the left, and Allen ended up running a very good route and potentially could have scored. Anytime you, you pass up something like that, you kind of kick yourself, so... I think that's probably what he's referring to. And then down in the red zone later in the game, third and long, we had a chance to hit a shallow uh, shallow cross and might not have gotten into the end zone, might have. But, you know, things like that, you always second. There's always a handful of plays after the game where, you know, you say, I wish I'd have done this or I wish I'd have done that. So that's, mm-hmm. I think that's natural. I, I remember tweeting about that. On that shallow cross that uh, had he got him in stride, you know, it's two steps forward, you're into the end zone. He's right. Whether or not you would have gotten in, we had, had to see. But he, I, I completely get where he's coming from. Uh, when you talk about, uh, the, you know, you got misses, uh, you know, we, you and I talked about it. Randall Cobb during the Bears game. Al Lazard uh, in the game the other day where he's wide open and waving, and then he threw it forward, actually threw the miss. Uh, it was a Rams game. I apologize, the Rams game where he threw the interception. There's times where sometimes you just got to hit the guy wide open. Yeah, down in Chicago, third quarter, there's Randall Cobb, your experienced, your just best friend wide receiver, wide open, wide open, nobody in the zip code uh, on the left-hand side of the flats, and Rodgers throws it downfield down the hash, and then he's like, you know, with, you know, body language, like, hey, you should have run downfield and got that. Don't just stand there. Start moving downfield, which to me seemed stupid. Uh, and then Lazard open again on the white, uh, left side, a little bit downfield at Lambeau Field against the Rams, and he overthrows him and ends up actually getting a pick. So I asked the receivers coach, Jason Vrabel, who has to write the evaluations on the receivers, about those two plays. Well, we have some of those. <clears throat> Randall's was not. There was nobody really on him. Actually, he had a route up over top of him, so he couldn't have gone. I don't know if Aaron kind of felt that, you know, with that. But uh, and with Allen's, <clears throat> we kind of talked before that the only thing I didn't like about Allen's when he admitted to it, he was like, I should have probably not slowed down. Now, Aaron could have backed shoulder, but we try to just stay on the move. If you're the deep threat and then... You know, if he back shoulders you, back shoulders you. But he kind of was in between, and then the ball was up in the lights and misjudged it. So kind of that one was more on us, I would say. You know, Allen kind of took the you know, heat on that one as well. Let's do this. Uh, we're talking to Mike Clements uh, up in Green Bay, our Packers insider. Uh, and uh, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got more as we continue to get ready for the Packers and the Vikings coming up this weekend at Lambeau Field. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Are you surprised in week one against the Packers how open you were in that game, and would you think there'd be, like, big adjustments? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was I was surprised on some some routes uh, of me being open. Uh, as you can see on some of the plays, I, like, was, was acting like somebody was going to be there and uh, nobody was there. Uh, so I'm definitely expecting them to play a little differently. I definitely remember Jair saying he, he was wishing to play me man-to-man more uh, and be on me more. So, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a different plan than what we had the first game of the season. You would hope. He actually says, I thought there was going to be somebody there covering me to turn around and be surprised that there wasn't. Yeah, I don't. I, I, that I can't imagine is the Joe Barry plan. Uh, let's not cover Justin Jefferson in this game. We'll shut down everybody else. Let him run free. We should be good to go. Welcome back to the program. Mike Clemens joining us. I'm Bill Michaels. And uh, Mike uh, Jair, uh, he's the one that said it. You know, it was a fluke, you know, that type of thing. I th- And I know what he was talking about. He's talking more about the defense. They have a good defense. And what happened in the last game in the first meeting was kind of fluky because the defense didn't play real well. But it comes off to the rest of the world as he's calling Justin Jefferson a fluke a- in game one. So I-, I can only imagine what this game two is going to be like. Week one, Joe Barry won with his zone defense. And all Kevin O'Connell did is just run these crossing routes through the zone, and no one was picking up Justin Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson has um, become the face of the franchise in in Minnesota. It's not Kirk Cousins or somebody else. It's Jefferson. When you open up even their website or their media guide, uh, last uh, February when the Bill Michaels show was out there in L.A. at the Super Bowl, you know, in the NFL headquarters, mm-hmm. and there's Jefferson, Jefferson doing just walking through and say, hey, you want to stop by? Could not have been a nicer young man. He's, he's really a great kid. He's going to be a great athlete for many years for Minnesota. So, you know, you get to know him. You see his numbers in that game where he's you know, got nine catches and 184 yards and the two touchdowns and just wide open. And so that's, you know, with Jair, now they've changed. And I'll tell you this, as late as yesterday, there is one veteran player on their defense that we will say that it, no attribution but said, we've changed our rules, which means, yes, of course they've, they've had to make adjustments. They've listened to the players. They'll mm-hmm. let Jair Alexander shadow, shadow their number one receiver. But Jair decided to come forward yesterday and, and talk about that situation. I mean, you know, you just got to be real. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he don't jump in no super suit and, and get dressed and jump out high. You know what I mean? I don't either sometimes. But, you know, like, he human is what I'm saying. We ain't putting too much on us on nobody. He's a really good receiver by the end of the day. I'm a really good corner. We got really good corners. We got really good, you know, linebackers. So, hey, D-line, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, you don't want to put too much focus on that one person because, like, first game, that was a fluke. Yeah, uh, the uh, the comment that was a fluke. The first game that was a fluke. I I get what he's saying. It wasn't meant to be a slight at Justin Jefferson, but like he said, hey, he doesn't put on a Superman suit. I don't put on a Superman suit. We're both good. Uh, like you said, Mike, I gotta believe that Joe Barry is going to come out with a whole different game plan to uh, to concentrate on Justin Jefferson. But I, I still believe it's got to be cover Jefferson and get to Kirk Cousins. you got to get Kirk Cousins off the mark, I think, in this game if you're going to have any success at all. Yeah, Jai, you're saying that's a fluke went viral overnight on social media. I even heard it yeah. on some of the CBS Sports Radio updates, <laughs> my, my tape right. of that. Uh, you know, whatever, a little fun. Uh, you know, we'll see how the Vikings fans or the team reacts. 
these this Vikings team defensively is the, the coordinator's Ed Donatel. Mm-hmm. Fourth and 26 against Donovan McNabb and the Eagles 20 years ago, Ed Donatel and Mike Sherman. As a matter of fact, I asked Adam Stanovich, the offensive coordinator, do you know that Ed Donatel was the defensive coordinator here 20 years ago? He said, uh, no, I did not know that because he's 38 years old. You know, he was probably still taking the school bus to Marshfield back then. But um, Joe Barry says, you know, offensively, the Rams are, are the, the 49ers are the Rams. They're a Sean McVay offense, like what Shanahan runs with the 49ers, uh, except, you know, and, and Kirk Cousins is a quarterback that Joe Barry was with for almost three years when they were together with the Washington team. And Joe Barry talked about his defense going up against a plan that they're familiar with. They have a good scheme. Uh, I got a ton of respect for Kevin O'Connell. Um, I was with you know Kirk at, in in Washington for three years. Got a ton of respect for him. But we look at every week. It's about what we do. You know, we we got to go out and execute. And doesn't matter what the situation is. Doesn't matter what the call is. Uh, doesn't matter what they do. It's about how we go execute the call. How we communicate. They do want to win. They're pissed off when we don't win. Um, but they come back every week and, and grind through it and, and move on to the next opponent. And that's, that's it just goes to show you we, we got a, a great room, a great locker room of guys. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, it doesn't really say a lot about what he's doing to change things up or be more aggressive or, you know, I mean, we talk, Mike, all about the soft zone that Joe Barry likes to run. Uh, but then again, you also have lost some pieces. Darnell Savage is not having the season everybody wanted. He was down for a long period of time. You lose Rashawn Gary along the way. That's another piece. Stokes goes down. That's another piece. I mean, they've had to make some adjustments on the fly. Guys like Preston Smith have stepped up. Statistically, they're not having the same type of year, but still playing very, very well. It looks like Darnell Savage is back on. It looks like he's going to start on Sunday that Rudy Ford got in over his head in the Dolphins game. As a matter of fact, even today the coaches are talking about, yeah, we benched Savage, but he handled it like a man. He's worked through this situation, and I think they're going to trust him back out there on Sunday afternoon. Um, And the thing about Joe Barry that I'm seeing is this. You know what? Um, These guys, you can't help but not like the guy. He is extremely kind. He's very positive. Uh, you know, maybe his bad cop is his secondary coach, J- Jerry Gray. But, yeah. you know, if Joe Barry wasn't doing this, maybe he'd be the leader of a large congregation. He's really a very positive guy like that. And maybe that that was the difference they needed from Mike Pettin, who was a very dry, analytical. You know, Mike Pettin would probably be a better scout than a defensive coordinator. He, mm-hmm. just, he could grind tape 18 hours a day. These Vikings, you know, I watched them last night uh, in the replay of that game against the Giants last weekend, and they let the Giants, you know, hang in that game. And, and, and the Giants are up, you know, 24-16 with three minutes left in, in that game. And Dan Jones drives down the field and, and ties it up. And it, if it hadn't been for a 61-yard field goal, the Vikings might have lost that game. So you talk to Preston Smith about, you know, Irv Smith is their uh, tight end that was injured for several weeks. He's just getting back on the field. So Preston was asked, this roster actually might be better than week one. Uh, well, they added TJ Hawkinson, and he's a tight end who, who does a lot of great things. He can catch, block, you know, he can get open, and, and he can also help contribute to a team offensive success. And, you know, them adding that weapon along with Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, 
they just got they add a lot a lot more weapons and ability to their offense and made you have to you know you know defend them more than one way. My Mike, uh, I had mentioned Preston Smith and the the season that he's having, and you know, I mean, obviously he had a, a tremendous camaraderie. Was Zedaria Smith? They were the Smith brothers in the locker room. They had that jovialness to him. We haven't seen something like that since Zedarius left, right? Right, uh, and particularly on defense that you know thrives on emotion. Who's your emotional leader? And Preston was very open with us. I thought yesterday at his locker for. Several. I mean, we talked to him for like 15 minutes, and uh, I asked him, you know, the essential thing about, you know, look, you're missing Zadarius Smith. Preston's come on; he's got eight and a half sacks, but Zadarius has got 10 for the Vikings, and he's coming off the back injury. And so Preston said, you know what? He he's still close friends with Zadarius. He keeps in contact. And I asked him, how long have you known Zadarius? Ten years, probably. I've been known ten years. I think he came in like December, so it was like 2012-ish, before going into 2013. So ten years, I've been known him ten years. What do you think about the season he's had? Man, I mean, I knew he was a baller, and I knew he was going to make plays wherever he, he landed. I just knew once he got healthy, he was going to get back to being this is Darius Smith. You know, people knew him to be, and he's going to be that playmaker that he's known for being. I have a hard time explaining this to fans. I mean, if he was still here. Nah, it ain't hard for me to figure out. I mean, you know, this is the business. That's just how it goes, man. You know, nobody ever gets they want from a fan perspective or from a player perspective you know every there's nothing perfect in this league you know um but if he was here it'd be you know of course it'd be a three-headed monster me him and Rashawn just all wrecking havoc and, and making plays and, and um instilling fear in other offices with, our, with our, us, all three of us on the field at the same time and potentially but you know it is what it is man that's a part of the business you know i'm happy for him man that's still my brother and i'm happy he's having success over there yeah you want the inside scoop tmz sports or something man? i'm not gonna tell you all that we just talk a little friendly trash I guess what unfriendly trash is i heard i mean we that. we like brothers so it's just kind of like you know it's always trash it wasn't no disrespect in uh in the trash talk i just you know just talking trash like hey man you know we we're gonna beat y'all he's like nah we're gonna beat y'all you know just kind of little trash like that let's do this we'll come back uh take a quick break come back uh wrap things up mike clement standing by whole lot more of the bill michael show sending you off in style we'll say for the packers and the vikings coming up on sunday more of the bill michael show next this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network So Kirk Cousins and the and the men in purple coming into Lambeau Field trying to kind of end the Packers season, so to speak, and put the final nail on their coffin. Meanwhile, the Packers are trying to live in advance and survive for yet another day and find themselves in the postseason. So uh, an interesting matchup, obviously, this weekend. A lot of different things circling around this, Mike. Uh, Matt LaFleur trying to get his guys ready, trying to overcome injuries. Uh, boy, I can't wait for Sunday, I'll tell you that. As much as I love New Year's Eve, I can't wait for Sunday. We had a little incident here on Wednesday. The agenda said that LaFleur would have a press conference at 10.50. He walked into the room at 10.40, and people were still setting up their cameras and stuff. Turns out somebody forgot to send the media an email on it. You know, there are stories that Jerry Kramer talked about Lombardi time. Like if Lombardi said the meeting's at 9, you better get there at 8.45 because he'll probably walk in at 8.50. So I asked Matt LaFleur this question. Are you familiar with the term Lombardi time? I am. Are you? Yeah. With all these screens you've got around here, do you guys make meetings on time, or do you have to have discipline from time to time? Oh no, I mean, that's we we don't have a lot of rules, but that is one of them. We we got to be on time. So are you getting mad at me? 
for being late to the press conferences. <laughs> I, I didn't know if that was a subtle shot. You know what I'm saying? I, I blame Wallers every time. So. No, 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 no. We, sorry, we, you know, we made a few tweaks to the schedule. We're trying to be mindful of just this time of year how dark it gets. So it gets dark. What at like 3:30 or so? Yeah. Is it dark out right now? Uh, but yeah, just be mindful of that and try to be efficient with our time to get guys in and out, get the work done. Obviously, we, we ne we're never going to shortchange that. But, um, no, if guys absolutely have to be to the meetings on time. Otherwise, there's consequences for that. The days are going longer That's now. That's true, man. It's December, past December 20th. So you got like it. a minute. Thanks, <laughs> Sorry, 3.31 to get started. <laughs> Mike, I like the fact that you're holding him accountable. Yeah, you know, you got, you got to break the tension every once in a while. Right. But yeah. Yeah. I love it when Tom Silverstein Spoon said, you know, hey, you know, it's past the December 21st. The days are getting longer now. You don't have to worry about that for the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Good stuff. Mike, uh, you got to the Packers winning this one. Uh, I assume uh, I will see you Sunday morning. You and I heading up uh, to Lambeau Field bright and early and hanging out, and then uh, we'll bring everybody the uh, Green and Gold postgame show afterwards, right? Uh, I'll bring you players and coaches from both teams on the postgame show statewide, buddy. Have a happy New Year, Mike. I'll see you Sunday morning, pal. Thank you, Bill. There you go. Guys, go out. Girls, go out. Have a terrific uh, New Year's. Ben, you stay safe. I know you could uh, end up, uh, you know, drunk and disorderly, and next thing you know, you've got to add the term fluffer to your resume. We, yeah, we're see, all scared of that. See you next year, Bill. <laughs> okay. All right, time for us to go. Have a go. Woo!